Hello and welcome to the Endurance Asia podcast, a special edition where we're previewing the Hong Kong Four Trails Ultra Challenge that'll be taking place this weekend in uh, in Hong Kong over Chinese New Year. We're joined by the founder of the challenge, Andre Bloomberg, as well as some of the athletes. Uh, we've got Stone Chang, we've got Sarah Pemberton and Solomon Wettstein to talk about the 10-year um, edition of the event and all that that entails. It's going to be an amazing follow this weekend, both dot watching and on social media. Um, so yeah, enjoy this episode with uh, we're uh, hearing about how these amazing athletes have, have planned for for this upcoming event. It's going to be a historic one. Uh, so yeah, enjoy and uh, yeah, we look forward to, to sharing the results afterwards as well. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hey, Andre, welcome back on to the Endurance Asia podcast. It's been almost a year now since uh, since you were last on. It was on the, the finish line at the Lantau Base Camp um, shop. And um, and I think we were kind of uh, having a recap after, uh, for, I think at that point, there had been five finishers already. It's a year on, and uh, and we're coming back, coming up to quite a momentous year for the um, for the Hong Kong Four Trails Ultra Challenge. It's the ten year anniversary. Welcome, yeah. Tell us yeah, about it. Thanks, Scott, for having me on again. Yeah, it's a tenth edition, uh, and uh, so we're quite excited. And uh, I didn't expect really that uh, when I embarked on this solo journey back in 2012. Uh, where I was basically just trying to kill time over Chinese New Year and did uh, four trails uh, over four days, one each day. I would have never expected that here we are uh, and going into 10th edition. So it's uh, it's quite exciting. It's been a, an epic journey. So um, this year, it's, got, it's a little bit different. So normally, as you know, we um, ask people to send in expression of interest and an essay and their background, and then we, we select participants. For the 10th edition, we decided that we just want to do a family reunion, and we've only opened up for the alumni. So everybody that has previously either finished or survived got an invite. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm quite excited about that. So obviously, and unfortunately, with the pandemic still going on, uh, Hong Kong's borders are still closed unless you live here. So unfortunately, we will only this year have participants that reside in Hong Kong. Uh, but it's still a stellar field, and I I really look forward to getting it all started. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite frustrating for those um, international athletes that have been in um, that have joined in the past. How many did you originally have in that was the potential roster of, of people that could have joined this year? How What's the total number of, uh, of survivors and, and finishers from the previous 10 editions? 
about about 160 people have attempted the challenge uh, since since first uh, start, and 47 have uh, finished or survived. So that includes 16 finishers. So we invited all 47, uh, but we said we want to keep the field uh, manageable in terms of size. So uh, we put a self-imposed cap on 24. And then we said we create a wait list because as you know, with these large challenges, a lot of things can unfortunately go wrong in your preparation or you train too much, you get injured or you don't train enough and you don't feel comfortable and, and people then decide to pull out. Um, so we had um, opened up April 1st, actually, uh, we opened up, everybody could apply or basically register uh, out of those 47 and we immediately filled the 24 slots and then created a wait list, which I think was about uh, 15 or 16 deep wow, uh, okay. back then in April. And then sort of as the year progressed, it became evident that the pandemic would still present challenges. And then sort of especially in October, November onwards, and individual people pulled out from the uh, confirmed list. And then uh, we, we actually resolved the wait list in uh, early December um, and uh, we expect to have 18 people at the start um, this coming weekend. Uh, it's the beginning of Chinese New Year. So they're all based in Hong Kong. It's uh, five girls and uh, 13 boys, and uh, it's going to be quite spectacular. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, in, in the previous editions, and I like how you call it editions rather than anniversary, because obviously the um, if the the actual event has uh, has evolved a lot over those ten years, and the formats adapted. Which I mean, if you listen to the previous episode where you're on, you you can go into detail that. I think most people are aware now, but um, the um, mo of those sort of hundred say 116 people that have attempted and there's been um there's been 47 that have survived or finished of those 47 and i'm like a, i'm a stat man like you as well andre but um of those 47 how many of those were were uh were domestic were hong kong based um based runners that's a good question we need to check it's actually 160 who have uh, attempted it uh, and then 47 came out at the end there's probably a third from overseas, I would think. Yeah. So the majority is uh, obviously either originally from Hong Kong or lives in Hong Kong. Um, and uh, we've seen quite a, a good interest internationally as well. And a lot of people who then uh, came and attempted challenge. Some people even traveled uh, from overseas to do recce and so on. So we had people from nearby, like, uh, like yourself from Singapore uh, and, and people from Thailand, but even people as far as uh, Sydney with Stephen Redfern coming up and doing recce's and then uh, uh, and then becoming a finisher. So we've seen a lot of interest as well globally outside of Asia Pacific. But I think the time of the year when the event takes place, sort of early in the year and during Chinese New Year, uh, certainly in the Western Hemisphere, tends to be sort of that period where people just get out of their winter break and yeah, then an maybe prepare for. Yeah, correct, and, and so the timing may not be quite as uh, as, as positive. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite ecstatic about the event actually taking place and and the people that are lining up. Yeah, we'll we'll get a little bit more into the people that are joining. We've got a, a few that are obviously on this uh, this episode as well. Um, you talked about 
the the restrictions and people were able to fly in f- because of covid but what kind of restrictions has it put on the actual event going ahead um what have you had to sort of put in place now i know it's a fat ass event you didn't you don't actually you know you don't actually have to get a, a license to be able to do it as such but obviously you want to be able to make sure that you adhere to to all of the measures in the local hong kong um government guidelines yeah, we've, we've, we've always had uh, good relationships with the uh, AFCD government department here, the uh, uh, team that manages the country parks and so on. And uh, we, we make sure we stay well within the, the rules and regulations. And as you know, the, the Hong Kong Fortress Delta Challenge is not a race. So there is no start banner or finish banner. There's no course marking. There's no music along the way. There is no uh, uh, advertising or other things. It's not a commercial event. So... Um, we're basically just using the, uh, the, the country parks. Um, but obviously there are corona and pandemic specific um, rules in place all over Hong Kong. And uh, some of these are quite stringent. For example, that in public spaces, no more than two people that are not from the same household can uh, congregate. So it is very important for me as the, the organizer to put safety first and also comply with all the rules, obviously, right? So um, we've worked quite a lot over the last several months on getting our heads around. How can we, first of all, do we want to put it on or not? Is it safe to do it? Should we defer it? It's, it's kind of strange looking back 12 months ago. I think the photo data challenge was probably about the last event that took place before everything was canceled. And here we are again, 12 months later, and the pandemic is still there. And and we're having this discussion on should we actually put it on or not? And I was really, really keen to put it on because I think it is important for people to do that. uh, I've trained for it for a year. And I think it's also hopefully a bit of a glimmer of hope for people to follow it and watch it. Because I know many people are watching it around the region, right? It, it really is this big draw uh, for people to follow. So we decided then to put it on. And then the question was, how do we do it safely? So we really want to be cautious and prudent in, in this. So we've maybe went a bit overboard, but I'm still standing behind it. And I think it's the right approach. Every participant needs to have a negative COVID test less than 60 hours prior to the start. They have limits on the crew, so maximum one crew uh, at any point in time is permitted. Uh, We obviously have a staggered start, so individual starts, uh, no group starts. Um, Every three to five minutes, uh, one runner will uh, kick off. Uh, Obviously, we have face masks, mandatory, and and social distancing, and so on, and and hygiene factors, temperature checks at the start, and intermediate points, and so on. um, we've also asked all the participants to tell their friends and their family and their fans to not run with them. Uh, and they can be stationary. They can watch online. We'll have our sophisticated GPS tracking and online tracking on again. Um, so hopefully that will make everybody feel comfortable that participates and also the public in general that, that we're putting all the measures in place and it's safe. The other element I wanted to do with Scott is I really wanted to try and establish a bit of a blueprint for what it may look like and what it may take to bring events back. 
Mm-hmm. Now, with an event that is as small as this one with 80 people, it's relatively easy compared to one that has many hundreds. But I think people are starting to get a little bit jaded about virtual events. And it's just sort of, I guess, my idea to put something on and then maybe other people take reference to say, okay, yeah, these things may work. And maybe if we adopt them, then we can gradually bring back real in-person events. Yeah, and, and also to give the confidence in AFCD as well that it's almost like a bit of a uh, like a smaller test showcase that it can that it can go ahead. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really appreciated. And I think it's appreciated for everyone to have something to spectate and follow. The the dot watching has been pretty limited in this past year. So, um, before we get into some of the um, some of the athletes and uh, um, how are you looking to cover the event? I know that in um, in previous years, Lloyd's obviously, um, who's back in Hong Kong now, so we hope he's going to be out on the course and, and sharing some photos, but he's like done a video at the end of the day, maybe, or, um, and in previous years, you had kind of Facebook Live at the, at the finish line. Um, but yeah, what, what's the plan for, to enable coverage this year, given that people can't really spectate along the course like they have been able to in previous years? Yeah, we, we're trying to strike the balance uh, of, of, getting updates to people, but also not going overboard. And uh, we, um, we, we we tested over the years with different formats and and is it photos or videos and so on. There was one year Lloyd did the, the daily videos, but it's it's really unsustainable with, with a single person doing all the edits overnight yeah. and, and being put on the course every day, getting footage and so on. So whilst it was really great and the content was marvelous, uh, it's just not really feasible. So... I also felt that last year in particular, um, I think it went probably a little bit overboard in terms of the social media coverage uh, during the event and wasn't really quite in line with sort of the original ethos of you on your own, being on the trails, embarking on this challenge and so on. So uh, I felt it would be good to tone it down a little bit. Um, So what we're doing this year is uh, Lloyd will be there. I'm very pleased. Uh, He will be at the start. He actually got a... uh, uh, a new, not so new, analog camera, uh, a Hasselblad camera, which for photography fans is a very, very iconic piece of kit. Uh, uh, and it's all analog and he's quite getting into it and quite excited about it. So he will be there taking start portrait photos. He will then be out on the course to, uh, to take photos and, uh, and, and put them live on. Uh, we're going to use Instagram this year, and uh, so nothing on Facebook. It will all be on IG. Uh, our handle is at HK4TUC, and uh, we started putting um, background information already on there about the participants, and uh, we feel we want to we want to use that this time. We got some feedback that on Facebook sometimes it's a bit difficult to follow, uh, depending on the algorithms. But uh, let's see how it goes, and uh, <clears throat> we will also be having the. Uh, GPS uh, live tracking as well on again. Uh, so we uh, hope that will will work and uh, people will enjoy that. Yeah, I think one of the big things and a request is like is is from the finish line. I, I get that whilst on the trail, the focus is this is a solo challenge and people, you know, they're not even allowed to have music now and it's getting into themselves and just um, and only having support at the end of the end of trails, etc. But that finish line, and especially as seeing as we can't, um, you don't want to encourage people to come to the green post box in, in Muiwo just because the gatherings. I think um, 
yeah, especially for those. Uh, yeah, I think that they'll be they'll be pleased to see the people sort of finish and survive at the finish line. So if there's someone that you can have manage the uh, the the Instagram live to enable enable that, that would be amazing. Just a small request from me. <laughs> Re- request noted. I will bring it up to the committee and see what we can do. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, predictions then. So who do you think you will be spraying with champagne at that? green letterbox um that famous green letterbox at the at the end of the however many hours i mean it's the this breaking 60 was the challenge has always been but um, i know that there's a few people with some pretty ambitious goals yeah it's quite interesting because on one hand you could think everybody who joins has done it before and they've completed it they either finished or survived so they're just doing it again they have the experience should be easy right uh, I don't think so. I think if you do it for the first time, I think you are more scared. I think you take it probably generally more serious. There's the sense of the unknown. And um, because you've trained so much and you haven't done it, and I think you, you, you may also mentally be somewhat stronger to hang in and get it done. And coming back, None of these people have to prove anything to anyone. They're all absolutely stellar endurance athletes. They have the athletic ability and they have the mental ability and they have all proven it, right? So for them to come back and then go into the second night, maybe approach the third night, everything hurts and it's such challenging and difficult I think it will be more difficult for them to keep going because I've done it already before. And I, having, having done many ultra races myself, I know how the mind works. You then start to look for little excuses. Do I really need to do this? Why am I doing this? Um, actually, I, I've done this before. I've done many other things. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. Right, and uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see how how those dynamics play out, and uh, how many people will, will uh, welcome at the green post box. As you said, Scott, there are obviously people with different ambitions. Some people are just in because they want to come back, enjoy the reunion. They just want to go in under the cutoffs, uh, and are happy to to get it done within just under three days straight. Uh, some people that have been finishers before. Uh, may want to obviously finish again and prove their time. Survivors may want to become finishers. And then some people are trying to really take it to the next level. And uh, I mean, it's probably public, public knowledge and they've been quite outspoken about it. So certainly uh, Salomon Wettstein from, from Switzerland, living in Hong Kong, and also uh, Stone Jung, from Hong Kong are very vocal and very determined to break 50 hours. Um, so just uh, for reference, the, the fastest time currently, and it's always difficult to compare year and year, and, and so because the weather's changing and moves are different, but in 2017, Tom Robert Shaw uh, completed in 53 hours flat. Uh, so Tom and Solomon's goal is to go under 50 hours. So that's quite a, it doesn't make that it may not sound like much from 53 to 49 xx but believe me that's that's a that's a big goal and in my view i think everything needs to 
work well and fall into place, including things that are outside of your control, like weather. So if you get a bad stomach, if you uh, get lost, if your crew isn't on point, if it's too hot or too wet or too cold, I think it may probably not happen. So everything has to go right for it to happen. If something it's goes also, wrong, it will not happen. So it's worth noting that I think um, Tom Robertshaw, if I remember correctly, did a 12 and a half hour or 13 hour Mac in that 53 hour um, uh, finish of his, which is, I mean, that's almost like um, FK. I mean, I think um, uh, Wong Ho Chung did like 11.23 as, uh, as the FKT on that um, self-supported. So, yeah, I mean, he was, yeah, it, that goes to show you've got to go out fast and you've got to, um, you, there's no dawdling on, on any of the course. You've got to maintain the pace for the entire way if you're going to try and sneak under 50. You, having said that, like Stone obviously went, did an extra 10K in the, uh, the very beginning bit of the Mac on that um on that same same year so there's there's mar there's well it's not even a marginal gain that's a there's a significant gain to be ha had there um but uh, but you're right nothing can go wrong to be able to sort of get it in that in that 50 hour time yeah when tom set the fastest time he did a i think 12:45 or 12:50 on the mech <laughs> and um i've done obviously i've done my scenario planning of what estimated timing would need to be to, for someone to come in under 50 hours, including the MTR schedule and the ferry journey times and so on. And I think you need to be well under 13 hours. Um, and, uh, and I think that is also the plan of, of those people that are aiming for it. Since you brought up Tom, that's an interesting question. Obviously, Tom is enjoying the journey and uh, enjoying being in nature but Tom can also be a very fierce competitive athlete in events. So Tom hasn't really been vocal about what his objective is, but I am 100% sure he has an A goal and a B goal and a C goal. Yeah. And um, I'm sure we will see uh, some, some interesting uh, running, running at, the, at, the, at the front of the field. Yeah, just a majestic runner. I think I just love seeing how he runs. He's almost like he's just floating along. He's um, such an unbelievable runner. Um, so how many bottles of champagne do you expect to be releasing at that um, at, at the Green Post Box this year? You've got 18 people that are going to be starting. How many do you think you'll be seeing at the finish line? Well, uh, let's see how it goes. I, I'm proud to say that I've, never run out of champagne at the end so and uh, this this year certainly won't be the first time uh, that this would happen so there's enough champagne uh, for everybody so uh, we'll uh, we'll i hope everybody will make it to the end obviously but i'm also realistic enough to to know that that's a tall order and uh, we will see i think the the completion rate is probably going to be higher than in, in normal years uh, yeah it's normally about 30 percent isn't it completion rate yeah, correct. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you have very aggressive goals, then you're going all in, right? And uh, if you if you have that 50, 55, 58 hour target, then as you said, you you gotta you gotta put on the pace from the beginning, and then if you overcook, um, it 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 often takes a long time to come back from that. 
And we've seen it in previous years where people go out too quickly, especially when it's warmer out, they fall behind on hydration and then never come back from it, right? And then they, on Wilson, on the second, on the first night, then they uh, have issues, they can't take nutrition and they start to throw up and no energy and then they pull out, right? So it's, 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 it's really that, that on the edge, right? If you want to take that some time in and everything has to go right and bring your nutrition and hydration. And back to your point, these people have already done it before. So if they're pushing for a time to beat their previous time and they realize that's not in the bag anymore, they've already finished it in the past. So there's not that extra nagging feeling of, uh, of ensuring that they get to the, uh, the post box at all costs and regardless of time. Um, yeah, we can't wait. I, yeah. I suppose um, just to kind of um, close, Andre, I'm really interested in, uh, it's been a, uh, it's probably been a couple of years actually since we had you as a full interview on the on, on the podcast. And so um, I'm interested what um, what you've been up to. I, I know that I think that you did a, a virtual recently. Did you do a virtual like over January for, for Bad Water? Um, and uh, and yeah, any other any other plans for you? Have you got anything? Uh, obviously, it's hard to uh, hard to predict how the year's going to roll out. But yeah, what are you up to in your own endurance efforts? Yeah, my my my, my last uh, race actually has been a while ago. It was uh, Spatathlon in September 2018. Uh, and I had a big year in, in 2018. I did the Tour de Rouen in Germany in May, and then Hard Rock Hundred in Colorado in July, and then Spatathlon in September. So road race, trail, and then back to road and Pretty good results at all of them, but uh, yeah, you've a, still got the um, the FKT on the on the German race as well, haven't you? The um, yeah, sort of sixteen yes. hours for the hundred and twenty kilometers, or was it, or, or was it miler? Uh, 20, 15 for two hundred and thirty. That's right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, I I was meant to go back uh, last year to Germany to uh, compete in the hundred mile edition. They have uh, three distances in the same event, uh, but because of the uh, pandemic that was deferred to this year, uh, I've got a slot for, for May there. I've uh, also been fortunate again to be drawn in the Hard Rock Lottery, lottery so I have a um, <clears throat> Hard Rock uh, slot as well. It will be my third time for July, um, but I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm back into training. I uh, struggled a bit with injury in 2019 with plantar fasciitis, and I could really not shake it and Coming into 2020, I was just trying to balance it. And um, with then all the races being cancelled, I decided to just to take uh, an extended break. And I basically took sort of three months off completely from running. And I've just started to come back in, in October, uh, just starting to do long hikes with uh, Paper, my wife, and um, gradually ramping up. And I'm, I'm pleased to say that the injury is gone now. It's completely disappeared. So... Hopefully, touch wood that stays. So I've been been gradually ramping, and I did this uh, 267 mile badwater virtual event uh, during the months of January. Um, I'm not much of a friend of virtual events, but uh, for badwater, we should always make an exception. Make an exception. Yeah. Um, so, so, so we'll 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 see how it goes. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying it, and I uh, I'm back in training, and I, I I sort of refound the enjoyment in running as well. It was getting a little bit too much of a grind and it was just too, becoming too much of a burden last year. So that's why I decided to just pull the plug and, and, and take some time off. And and, uh, and so it's good. Yeah, I, I am 
training as if the events would happen in May and in, in October. And if they don't happen because of travel restriction and other things, then that's okay as well. Um, I think I've sort of found peace with that. Then it will happen next year. So I'm sure there's something else to do. Uh, many people were asking me whether I'll join the uh, four trails this year. But, and I, I was really, I was really torn. I was really keen to, to join the, the family reunion. But then I also thought, no, I, I really need to make sure that the event goes well from an organization perspective uh, because it's the 10th edition. So I decided not to join. Uh, but that's sort of still in the back of my mind, either to to do it again at one stage, maybe on my own, or maybe join future edition. We'll see. Yeah, we, I was uh, one of those ones that was asking you a lot whether you were going to be um, back at the the start line again to try it in this format. Um, I think, Andre, you've you had ten years of some of the most prolific ultra running that that I've ever that of anyone we've had on the podcast of anyone we've spoken to. I mean, you've kind of the bucket list of big races that you did in that ten year period. I think you deserve to have a a couple of fallow years and just uh, let your body recover. And um, yeah, um, I hope you manage to get out for for hard rock and um, and uh, and yeah, it'll be good to see you back um, a few start lines this year and start sort of smashing some uh, some some age group records as well. Yeah, I'm getting older. Thank you, Scott. Aren't we all though? Aren't we all? This uh, this lockdown seems to be aging all, us all. Like uh, my laughter lines are, uh, um, uh, yeah, and, uh, are becoming more more prominent now. Andre, we can't wait for um, to to follow to follow to dot watch um, the for everyone that sort of uh, that wants to follow. You mentioned the Instagram, but for the um, to be able to to follow the tracking, the links to that will be on your um, will link from your Instagram and and, and Facebook, etc. Um, and so, yeah, we we hope that all the tracking system and everything is uh, it, um, is works nicely and everything this year, and we we're excited to follow. So, thank you again for for putting on this event through what is pretty challenging times to to organise, uh, and still still putting it on. We're we're all spectators and um, and athletes uh, alike are, uh, appreciate all the effort you put in for this historic event. Thank you, Scott. Looking forward to it. Talk soon. Tell like the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hello, Stone Chung. Welcome to the Endurance Asia podcast. I, I feel completely honoured to have a legend like yourself, Stone, come and join us. Um, and uh, and we've got we could cover so much but we've got a short amount of time um we've uh if we'll share the link that you did a great interview with um with ryan blair recently the leader of the north face adventure team uh, yeah and uh i loved watching that and we'll share that in the notes but for the purpose of today we're really going to focus about this coming weekend the hong kong four trails ultra challenge you're coming back for the 10th edition um Firstly, I'd just like to ask, like, what does the Hong Kong Four Trails mean to you, Stone? Hey, uh, hi, Scott. Uh, thank you so much for inviting to the interview. Yeah, Four Trails, um, yeah, it's such a very special event. I, I don't know. I, when I first time, first time I finished the Four Trails, that time I think no more. <laughs> no more Four Trails. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this year I come back again and four trails is so special and um i think it's 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 like a long long journey it's a long long very perfect time to stay with myself 
and to know myself more during the event. So um, I, I really miss the time, the three days on trail. Um, even last time I joined 2017, so almost four years. So every year I, I think about four trails and a lot of memory. I just forgot all the suffering, all the pain, just the happy memory in my mind. So um, yeah, the, the, the photo is very special um, to me. And I think also I can find the satisfy in this um, event. Um, this is like testing my body, the limitation. Uh, if you can, like this time, I set a higher target, if I can reach a traffic, that really made me satisfied. <laughs> yeah, you, and, you uh, talk about higher target and um, I remember you saying it was it was a a few weeks after you'd uh, you'd done you'd completed it in it was around fifty four hours that time in twenty seventeen, <laughs> and you said to yeah. Andre that you think this can be done in fifty hours, and <laughs> and so coming into this year you've had a couple of years out you've been able you've had a few injuries but you've also uh, spent some time with your with your young family as well which is just so so nice to see and hear, um, what have you how have you been preparing for this year and um and what have you changed if anything to be able to bridge that three bridge that four hour gap to be able to bring it under 50 hours mm. i think this year um for me um um i have uh, more time to prepare the event um more time for training um the training become more consistent and, and um, because now it's no waste and also I, I haven't been here for two years. So I've, it's so good for me to, to allow me to gradually build in my fitness. So my body adapted to the training is quite well. Um, this is good news. Um, so, um, and the bad news is that I, I got another injury um, is my injury, a lower abdominal injury. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. Um, but um, anyway, but I, I overcome it. I, I still keep myself moving. Um, um, I do what I can, you know, I, I cannot run on flat, but I just do a lot of um, up and down training. Also, I do cycling. Also, I do, I do stair running in the building. So I just keep myself moving. Unfortunately, the many people helping me for the rehab, the lower abdominal, uh, physios, um, and also doctors. So uh, the pain is still there even now, but uh, it's manageable. I think uh, luckily I can, I can yeah, finish all the training. I feel I, I'm ready for the full trials. Yeah. And, also, the other thing I feel um, this year is possible to beat the 50 because my diet, I changed, I become vegan almost um, 10 months. So um, I feel very good. The vegan diet really um, speed up my recovery. This is so important um, because I get older. Um, I always feel I, 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 my recovery is getting slower and slower. Maybe 
the rest time um, is less. I, I don't have the I don't have the, a good time for recovery after the hard training. So this is my power on the busy work, um, the family stuff. So um, the vegan diet really helped me um, to speed up, speed up my my uh, recovery. I I feel I like a young man, you know. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> you, you are a young man, Stone. You are still a young man. You've not. Uh, you've not. You're not. You're. You're still under forty, right? Um, forty-two. Yeah. Forty-two. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just broken forty. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I hear a lot about uh, people that um, that have moved to a vegan diet and their recovery is very quick. They're able to um, to mm. train more because they're able to get back out on the trails. I am concerned hearing exactly. about your ab- abdominal injury, though. Um, is this is this more of a just like is it a pain? Like, how are you going to be able to manage it during the challenge? Because um, there's quite a bit of um, flat. When you think about the Lantau Trail as well, and certain parts oh, of yeah. the um, of the Macklehose, the Bilsen. beginning and end, also Wilson, yeah, of course, yeah. Also the Wilson, yeah. Also the Wilson Trail. There's two sections very flat, and um, I, I think I can I cannot run the flat with the speed, but I I I can do the steady run, and the thing uh, is improving, but still need time. Um, uh, I, I just, I, I think the, the pain is manageable. Um, I just keep going. Anyway, I, I, I carry the painkiller. Um, if necessary, I, I, I will have the painkiller. That, that will definitely help. Yeah. So you will this take is, paracetamol if the, if the pain gets really bad, you will take, will it be mm, paracetamol or? Yeah, yeah. 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 But last time I, I did, I, I, I had the, last time I did training around Mali Hose and and some Wilson Trail, so total is 100, uh, 130 kilometer. I, I feel good, I feel not bad. So um, I think it should be okay. <laughs> Oh, we hope so. And yeah, we, we, we've we been following some of your training over the last few months, uh, not least the uh, the F, the FKT that you um, that, that you did on on the Wilson. We it was one of our sort of top three FKTs from the year. And um, and yeah, what an amazing run that was. But what amazed me so much oh, is, is how you're able to dig so deep and put yourself in the pain cave and still push on through. I think that's going to hold you in good stead for the four trails. And w- what parts do you see as being the most challenging, having done this before? Where are you? Um, where are you most concerned about? What part of the um, the, the challenge is uh, is uh, do you think is going to be the hardest bit? Um, I, I think Wilson Trail will be the hardest part uh, in the whole challenge. This is um, Wilson is so special. He he cover a lot of terrain. Lot of, a lot different terrain, and uh, um, uh, it's a second trail. After the finish hundred, you still need to run eighty kilometer uh, during the night, and so that will be quite challenging. So that's why I want to do the FKT on Wilson. If I can get a good time in Wilson, that really um, give me bigger confidence to to the four trails. <clears throat> Last time I remember. My finish, my uh, Wilson, the finish time of Wilson and Mollyhose almost same. 
14 something hours. So, um, um, so improve the time of Wilson, I think they'll definitely um, make it more possible to break a 50. Yeah, that's interesting. It, it is. Um, and also the end of the Wilson is so difficult as well. Once you get onto the, mm. the Hong Kong Island and, uh, and, and yeah. the twins before. Um, and who do you have as your support crew? I guess that Ryan is going to Ryan Blair will be uh, joining you for the, um, the, the, is he going to be joining you for the, for the whole challenge or are you mixing up your support crew? Oh, Ryan uh, will be supporting me whole way. Uh, he he he's the people. He's the only people give me big confidence. The big fifty, the one of the better. <laughs> and he he know me so much, you know, um, everything. So if I I have his support, definitely um, with a big bigger chance to break a fifty. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's. Uh, it's amazing seeing the relationship the two of you have. It's kind of like um, mentor, mentee. It's coach and athlete. It's almost like big brother, little brother. It feels. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm sure he's going to push you when the when the times get tough. Uh, I, I, talking to him about your FKT on Wilson, he was like, "There is no way you're going to be able to do this in uh, in under um, under eleven hours." So was it ten hours or eleven? Uh, I think. Yeah, under uh, under ten hours. And he was like, on the uh, on the twins, which we talked about at the end of the Wilson, he's like, there's no way he's going to be able to yeah. to do his target. But uh, yeah, I think he was as amazed uh, uh, as much as uh, uh, yeah, as much as the rest of the crew. But the emotion that poured out between the two of you when you got to the finish line. I hope that we see that at the green post box in a, in, in a few days time. Yeah. You should see me in a finish boss, <laughs> the green boss. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about the hardest point of the four trails. What, what is the bit that you that you look forward to the most, which is the bit that you like the most across the, uh, across the whole challenge? I, I think this event, one of the most, uh, most important and also very unique one is this, Event is more about pure of running, you know. It's um, it's no support and, and no chicken pole. Um, just 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 like a origin of running. Um, this is just amazing, you know. No commercial stuff and <laughs> no medals. Yeah, very pure. I, I like. I really like this 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 kind of challenge. Yeah, and, and for someone that's been in the top 10 at UTMB a few times, you've seen the other end of the, the big fanfare, the big sponsorship and, mm. and all of that. Yeah. What do you see as the sort of biggest difference between the two? And, and I suppose, mm. how, do you fight, how do you motivate yourself for those two different types of challenges? Yeah, the target is the one, the motivation, the, 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 the challenge, um, for me, I just keep going. People say, um, when you get in suffering, this is the joy of the game start. <laughs> so, yeah, um, suffering is a part of the event. So, um, make you feeling alive. So, um, yeah, well, we, um, 
we look forward to to seeing you get to that uh, that green post spot. I hope you I trust your family and your your two boys who seem to be becoming like really good trail runners themselves or at least your eldest looks like he's going to be a he's going to be a pro before you know it. I I'm, I'm I'm waiting for Ryan to sign him up to the North Face Adventure Racing team and uh, and uh, yeah get him on a contract for that. <laughs> um, okay. But Stone, thank thank you so much for joining. We um, wish you luck for the, your taper this week. Take it easy. Nurture that abdominal uh, injury, and um, and yeah, good luck for the for the four trails and breaking fifty. Thank you so much, Scott. Like the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hey, Sarah, Sarah Pemberton, welcome to the Endurance Asia podcast. It's good to speak to you just two days before you're, uh, you're heading to the start line of the challenge for, um, for a fourth time. Is that a record fourth time? Has anyone else actually started, started four times before? I think there was one other person who was signed up four times, but he was on the wait list one year instead of actually being able to participate. So you're you're breaking records there yourself, but um, uh, I'm like I'm interested. This seems like it's been a, a crazy four year journey for you with Hong Kong Four Trails. Like, wh- what does that uh, what what do the Four Trails actually mean to you? Right at the beginning, it was just a huge challenge back where I call home. Right, um, it was you know the longest. I still is the longest challenge in Hong Kong. Covered like north to south, east to west. MTR, ferry, all of that just seemed um, like such an amazing challenge to be able to do where where I grew up. Um, but I think over the years, it's evolved to become something so much bigger um, because, you know, it's just been such a journey, such a, such a journey of growth for me um, each year coming back. And I, the first year I didn't you know, didn't didn't finish Mac, and second year I, I got cut off before starting Lantau, and third year I finally survived. And so I think after each year, um, having to step back, reflect on like my performance, um, digest it, and then put in another half year or a few months more of training to come back. Um, but it's become a, a constant uh, in my like four years of personal and professional change still having this challenge to come come back to again and again yeah and you've progressed every year and and made it further and then got to surviving um the surviving last year um you the first time you did it you were like 24 which in the like ultra endurance world is like a baby like if you, you most of the people you hear about are that that do take on these sort of events like in 30s 40s and actually you probably get into your zone in the 50s um yeah but actually so but this year you're going to be doing it over your birthday weekend as well you're actually uh, yeah, yeah wh- when do you actually um wh- when do you turn 28 so if um if the start time is 6 a.m on friday then i turn 28 at 66 hours or something something like that and so if i'm if i'm a finisher then i'm preferably clean and fed and asleep when it's my 28th birthday but if i'm a survivor then i'm probably turning 28 and then going over lantau and sunset peak um (laughs) which i think both both would be wonderful you know both will be very memorable 
Yeah. And, and, and so with that, what, what is your goal then? Having, having yeah. made that progress from not finishing the Mac to then, I, I, I remember following it online the year that you, um, uh, I've, I was in it. I try, I forget, but the 20, yeah. 2018 when you, um, yeah, you got all the way um, along Hong Kong trail before missing the cutoff yeah. to, to the ferry. Um, and then last year yeah. it was in 71 hours last year. I forget the exact time. Yeah. 70, 70, 45, 70, 45. Yeah. So yeah. What, what are you setting the stool out for, um, as for, for going into this year? Yeah, well, I, I think if I've learned from the previous two years, it's to have a plan, but not tie myself too closely to it. So the yeah. plan is helpful because um, it gives gives me a real challenge, but it, it can also be used to just break up the trails, right? So I only need to push for an hour more until the end of this section, or I only need to push for you know, five more hours until I finish the Wilson. So I think having like the time goals is useful for that. Also for my crew to have a vague idea of like when they would need to come out. Um, but I think beyond that, I don't really want to tie myself too much to a specific number because I don't think a like successful journey necessarily depends on breaking 60 or breaking some other goal. And I think I, for sure, I want to improve on my performance last year, but just by taking the right ferry, I can already improve by. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I just want to do a faster time than last year, but I also want to enjoy the journey and not stress out too much about, um, you know, staying on track with my pace plan. And, and I think, you know, I think the natural question is like, is it going to be 60 or not? But, you know, that means I'd have to cut 11 hours, which is which is a lot to do in one yeah, year. Yeah, that's not just a detour to Cheng Chow, is it? Um, which I saw, I saw um, Andre actually put in the notes. If that you fancy going the scenic route, then there's another ferry which goes by. <laughs> Was it Cheng Chow or Cheng Chow? I forget. Cheng um, Chow. But yeah, I think that's that's important to note, right? I think if you if you hang your hat so much on a specific goal, then when it yeah. goes off course then yeah. all the wheels just come off right and it's very difficult to see it through to the end and um yeah. so yeah having your like abc goals and and for that c goal just to be like to to get to the finish is um yeah will will we'll keep you going yeah i think you know my first year and my second year when i started to fall off track i was then doing a lot of the maths in my head of you know if i continue this much slower than what I had planned. This is how much longer I'm going to take. And it was just this big spiral of negativity. And last year, I wouldn't even let myself think of the next trail. I was just focusing just on this trail. Like just, and if I couldn't do that, it was like just this specific section. And if I couldn't do that, it was just get to the top of the hill. And then I can think whatever negative thoughts about taking a break or you know slowing down if, once I'm on the downhill, not when I'm on the uphill. Yeah. And obviously with that progression over the last three years, you've, you've had three six month training blocks in consecutive years. Right. How have you adapted it this year? How, what, yeah. what have you changed? What have you like, oh, you may, might have kept it the same, but how has it evolved? I mean, my, my first year I was in New York, I was at law school. So honestly, training wasn't ideal. Um, I also couldn't drive, so I couldn't just easily go to upstate New York. So a lot of my runs were just on a treadmill or at Central Park. Um, I, I'm sure, you know, people train from any, any location. And if you want to find stairwells or car parks to run up and down, you can, but I, I wasn't that person back in, um, back in 2017 when I was training, um, 2018, I was 
I was in Indonesia, um, but I was, I was moving around a lot between um, Jakarta and Bali and some other, um, some other cities. And I just found it hard to kind of get consistent. Um, then my third year, I was in London, but I came back for a two week block in November and then another two week block in December. And then I did four and four. And so I think that made me a lot more fit. It gave me a lot of familiarity with the trail and it from four and four derived a lot of confidence. Um, and so that, that was particularly good uh, relative to the two years before that. But this past year, a big, you know, big silver lining for me coming back to Hong Kong, uh, coming back home during COVID is that I've had the whole year to train here. Um, and so my training has just been much better. Um, I've been much more consistent. Um, I've been able to run a lot more on each of the four trails. I've done, um, you know, big days on, on each of them, um, sometimes multiple times. Um, so I feel physically really confident going into this year's one. Yeah, the, the four in four, I remember when you did, and that's the four trails in four days over Christmas. Um, I remember seeing you do that and thinking, is she crazy? Like that, that volume just, uh, and at that, it was only like a month prior to the, um, to the, uh, the actual challenge. Um, but yeah, that must've just been such a huge confidence booster for you going into to last year. Um, right. And then, so, so this year, what, what kind of volumes have you been doing? I, I take it you didn't run 300 kilometers uh, a month before this year's, uh, this year's challenge. No, no. Um, I, I still have some variability week to week um, because I'm, I'm doing school and work at the same time. And sometimes it's just a heavy week with one or the other. Um, and so my training comes down, but I think a, a great week is like 110 K. Um, but some, sometimes it's like 70 K. Um, I had, I was sick for two weeks over Christmas and then it was like 20 K. Uh, so there's still some variability, but much better than, uh, than a few years ago. And going into, and, and who have you got your, your crew for this year is your, uh, <laughs> Is your is your suffering father coming out to uh, to support yeah. you again, or your sister, or like did yeah. they have to like fight over responsibility because you're obviously only allowed one crew for the uh, at any one time? Yeah, so both my uh, dad and my sister are going to crew me like they have for the previous years. Um, I think my mum will also maybe come to some of the checkpoints. We actually haven't decided who's going to come to which ones yet. Um, last year we were trying, we had to divide up the nights because I didn't want them to be, you know, one of them to be awake late, both on the Friday night and the, the first night and the second night. So we would split that up. But I think this year, if we start earlier and if I'm running faster, then actually I won't finish Mac that late. So it's less of a big deal, um, you know, dividing up who's driving and who, you know, who's driving to which, um, which transitions. Because I think this year, if I do run fast and if we start early then the only late night is um is the second night when we when we take the ferry over to Lantau um and I think they're both excited to crew um I think it was a bit stressful for the first two years as I was you know I was just developing as a trail runner um and I didn't quite know how to manage when things went wrong and I think especially for them they're not trail runners having to see me panic and get really upset or you know, not be able to keep food down or, you know, feel some pain in my leg somewhere. Like they didn't really know how to handle that either. And so I, I understand that it was quite a um, stressful, like anxious experience that I put them through. 
Um, but I think as I've grown as a trail runner over the past three years, they've also been able to derive some confidence from that. Um, and so I think they go into it more excited than nervous, uh, especially last year. And I hope this year as well. Yeah, I, I remember last year you had, um, watching back at some of your stories from it, you had um, a kind of an emotional roller coaster um, for that year as well. And I'm sure that was tough for your, like, for your, your father and sister supporting you there. But at the same time, now yeah. they can see how hard you can push yourself, right? And so they're going to yeah. be kicking you back out onto that trail. But one of the things that I'm, that one of the big changes for this year is that you're no longer allowed to listen to music or, or, in, or like a, a podcast or um so that i i you had your headphones in like the entire time yeah <laughs> how have you I, I i guess you've been training without headphones in the entire I mean, time as well honestly yeah. no music and no podcast is devastating for me like music was so integral to how i you know uh pulled myself out of focusing on like the pain or like how slowly I was ticking through kilometers. It was how I would pace myself. You know, I'll run for two songs and then I can take a break. Um, even when I sat down to take a break to clean my feet, I would, I would time it by a song. Um, you know, after the song, I have to stand back up. And so often my memories are tied to songs. I have a playlist for each of the last four trails. Basically every big race that I have, I have a playlist for it. And so whenever I play those songs, all the memories come like roaring back to me. And so I'm quite sad that I won't be able to have, you know, a 2021 Four Trails playlist, um, but to, and, and, and podcasts as well. Um, you're not allowed, you're not allowed companions on Four Trails and podcasts were a way for me to have other people's voices in my head. And I could, you know, concentrate on um, other topics for a while rather than thinking about running. I, I loved listening to Freakonomics and TED Talks while I was out there. Um, I had Desert Island discs for the entire Macklehose last year from like beginning to end. I just went, I just downloaded like the whole back catalogue of interesting people on Desert Island discs. And it was like, it was yeah. brilliant. But, but yeah, like how are you going to be able to adapt for it? I just threw away my headphones um, like back in June. Cause I, I would, I still had them and would, would listen to them sometimes. And when I was on a run, I was like, oh, maybe just this run, I'll listen to some music. And in the end, I just got rid of them. Um, I, I'll, I, um, I've deleted my podcasts off my phone as well. And I'll, I'll delete Spotify. I listen to it when I work, um, but I'll delete Spotify before Friday as well. So I just won't have an option to listen to it. And so all of my long training runs I've done without, um, without music. And for, most, for the most part, I've done them alone. Um, so I think I'll be okay, um, but I, I'll definitely miss it. It'll be one of the things that I'm looking forward to doing again when I'm on the other side. Yeah, it's similar to the taking the poles away, right? It's it's just it becomes a um, a yeah. crux for you that you're just a, a crutch for you. Sorry, that you're just um, and so as soon as you take it away, you develop you, you um, and I'm sure you'll be fine. I'm glad to hear that you've been training without them. Um, any uh, any predictions then outside of your own uh, own yeah. goals? What uh, it's obviously an exciting year with a a few people with some ambitious goals. How do you think it's gonna it's gonna I end think, up? Well, I think we'll had two or three guys breaking 50 um I think I'm, I'm quite I'm, I'm sure Nikki will do sub 60 again um I hope that one of the other ladies will also be able to do sub 60 one or, or all of us that would also be great um I I know people are talking about whether they'll be um 
you know, how many of us will actually get to the end, given that, you know, we've already done it, what's there left to prove. But I think, I think everyone's just so motivated. I'm pretty sure, I'm sure there'll be a high, um, a high completion rate this year as well. Four trials is so unexpected, right? Like what, what happens after the, especially after the first day, um, I don't think any of us can really predict. And so I'm excited to see how it all, how it all pans out. Um, I think it'll be fast and furious though this year. I think there's going to be some, um, some rapid Macklehose times. And I think that, um, yeah, Tom Robert Shaw's uh, Andre just said uh, I thought it was a, I thought it was twelve hours something, but twelve forty six. I think he mentioned. I think that could potentially be in the year that he did fifty three hours. I think that could potentially be uh, be beaten this year. Um, oh, definitely! Yeah. It's going to go down to like twelve thirty, maybe more. Yeah. Um, I, I, and one factor that I haven't really discussed yet is just around the weather. It looks like it's going to be sunny yeah. the entire time, but the, the temperature wise says yeah. like 22 degrees, but in Hong Kong, you can just never really predict it. Or if the sun's yeah. shining all day, it can spike quite, um, quite aggressively. Yeah. So, um, right. how are you preparing for that? I, I'm, I feel okay about it being warm because I was here through the summer and we, it was hot in Hong Kong till pretty late in last year and it's hot again now. And so I've had, I've had plenty of training in the heat. So I feel, I feel okay about that. I was really hoping it wouldn't rain because last year, you know, we had a lot of rain on the first night and second day, I think, or first day and second day. Um, And I stopped so many times to take care of my feet. Um, I actually only, had one blister at the end of four trails last year, but I, I stopped probably dozens of times to take care of my feet. And I'm just happy I won't have to do that again this year. Also, I know others are probably hoping for colder weather, but I'm so thin, I get so cold. And so I'm, for me, I'm just happy that I won't have to carry as many layers. Last year when I was doing Lantau, I did it in a t-shirt, a like long sleeve jacket, a puffer jacket and a 7-Eleven rain jacket on top. And that's just a lot of stuff too to carry and to wear. Um, and so actually I think the 22 hot and dry will be pretty good for me. It, it sounds perfect. Um, but yeah, we'll, we, you just never know till the day it can be, it can change, yeah. uh, it can change fast. Right. Um, well, right. look, Sarah, I think that your story has inspired so many over the last few years. I like, as I think we were discussing beforehand, you said that you were, you were the very first to sign up on the, on April fool's day at like 12.01 AM in the morning, yeah. this year, which is just like blows my mind. The fact you've done it three times before and you were still the first person mad enough to like to throw your hat in the ring this time my my family and my friends insist that they knew that I was coming back for a fourth year um but I I really I did feel like I was on the fence for for a few weeks um and it was Virginie who said to me like can you can you imagine not being there or something like that and I just I couldn't you know I didn't want to watch it go ahead and not be part of that reunion um so that that's what got me yeah, well, I think everyone following online will be um will be following your your dot uh, 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 to make sure that you're uh, the, that you're on track. But um, I hope you do get your six a.m. kickoff time, so um so you can get in as a as a twenty seven year old and uh, before your and, and properly enjoy your birthday the next day without um without still being stuck on Lantel. Um, I know. <laughs> But yeah, wish you all the best, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming to join us and and best of luck. And um, yeah, we'll follow you over the weekend. Thanks so much, Scott. Speak to you on the other side. 
Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hello, Solomon. Welcome to the Endurance Asia podcast. Um, feel privileged to uh, to have you on um, just a couple of days before the uh, before the challenge. Uh, how are you doing? Thanks, Scott. Uh, I'm privileged to be actually part of your show. I watched, of course, uh, many of your um, shows in the past, especially those around the, the Ultra Endurance challenges. Um, so I'm starting to get nervous, to be honest. Uh, it's been a long journey the past 12 months with uh, all the races cancelled, nothing happened. Um, and uh, starting to realize the only thing that I could really look up uh, to look forward to is basically four trails uh, because I knew it's such a small um, kind of uh, low low flame event very raw with only 18 runners that this can go ahead with of course the restrictions but there's no race and um, so I knew this is going to happen but nothing else would happen and uh, so it was a long lead up and uh, now the past two days it's almost like you were it's, it's, it's all full. You're completely excited, and uh, but also nervous that, that it all goes well. Yeah, well, I mean, this will be the second time that you've taken on the Hong Kong Four Trails Ultra Challenge. Um, what does the what does it mean to you? Yes, well, we, we just had a chat earlier, right, where, where I mentioned I think this 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 kind of addiction that many of us have runners joining for these four trails uh, challenges around going the extreme so uh, my life is quite extreme i always say it's either an adventure or it's nothing and uh, the advent for me was to, to come to asia similar to you right uh, building up a, a business in hong kong starting from zero co-working space um, and then really building up to something substantial. And same is for me, uh, running. Running, besides, of course, hard work, uh, 12, 14, 16 hours a day, a uh, whole week, uh, also sometimes weekends and, and holidays. Uh, the, the only free time I have, um, of course, I spend a bit with family and I go out and, and run. And uh, this fortress really comprises the, the, the ultimate adventure and the ultimate goal an ultra runner can have due to its um, enormity. And uh, it started probably like uh, even for yourself uh, about 10 years ago with kind of the first smaller ultras where, I don't know how it was for you, but for me, the first 50K sounded already so long and so <laughs> exhaustive um, doing more than a marathon, right? And training and building up for it. and. Uh, it actually is a is a very interesting story and describes. Sorry if I if I go a little bit uh, a step back, but uh, it, it it describes the story of a bit of my life. So my father um, left us when I was about uh, four or five years ago, and one important thing that he gave me was that his father, my grandfather, died when he was very young, and uh, he died at uh, on the, the Mont Blanc, right? Um, why do I tell you this? Of course, Mont, that's where the ultra chain Mont Blanc is, is happening. And was he climbing 10, Mont Blanc? Well, he was climbing Mont Blanc and that was, and that was 60, 70 or even more years ago. Um, so quite a long time ago when it was climbing was really more raw and uh, not the equipment you have today. And 
he basically they went with the team and it was also all in the newspaper they they went with the team very experienced climbers but uh, suddenly the, the weather changed and then uh, they tried to hide but uh, but didn't survive the night and the interesting aspect of this is that it impacted the life of my father heavily and even told me once it's a bit of a personal story here but he told me once he probably could not be the father that he wanted to be because he never had that father and the reason why i'm telling you this is the utmb for me was not i didn't go there to to have a fast time or whatever i went there because i wanted to just complete this because of that kind of story of, of this Mont Blanc that uh, of course is a very unique mountain and I was loving uh, the ultra running community and when I was running this and if you know UTMB there is that breaking point uh, after about 120k Champagne-Lac where people either break or they, they continue to finish and uh, I was running together with a friend who had to drop out, unfortunately. And for me, it it was also that breaking point. And everything went somehow through my head of, uh, why are you doing this? And uh, this way too long. It's, it's four times a marathon. And it's uh, absolutely crazy what you're doing here. And uh, you don't have to prove anything, right? I mean, it's not your sport. You're not, it's not that you were professional and you need to prove yourself and you need to earn your money with it. And... What has happened also kind of almost going through life again and also the fact that this meant so much to to my grandfather and also my father and i went to the mountains all the time when i was a kid i i felt like hey of course you have to prove it to yourself and to, to the family people who will support you and most important was that when i finally pushed through and it was that year where suddenly there was a heavy thunderstorm and I went through that thunderstorm, that adventure came up, right? That all that adventure that is driving all of us to do these crazy things. And I eventually finished. And from then onwards, I was, I mean, I wasn't going fast. I was probably about 800th place and went down to about 280th place. So I passed a lot of runners running like crazy. What it showed to me is uh, two things. Uh, number one, even if you feel you're completely broken, you can still go further, right? It's, it's really mental. Number two is, of course, I, I didn't go all in also earlier. And um, I, I realized that point that actually I can be even more successful in these kind of challenges. And that's, that's uh, where this then also gave me confidence to, to, to do something that is even more crazy, like uh, the Fortress. And what I did what is year was it? Year. What year was it that you that did the um, yeah, 2016 where I did the UTMB, and in 2016 I also um, moved from Singapore to Hong Kong. So mm -hmm. I, I trained for UTMB and Pukitima, so I really know what you went through when you did the, the everything on Pukitima. This is absolutely crazy, right? So I trained on, on Pukitima like every other Singaporean, so I. I struggled then of course with, with climbing at UTMB but then mid 2016 I really relocated uh, to Hong Kong and I trained uh, more in, in those uh, climbs hills stairs and in 2017 I basically then signed up for the for the uh, Swiss Iron Trail which is 214 kilometers and I saw basically in January I saw Tom finish 
you see that picture somewhere where I just was at the post box. Was such an amazing, amazing moment. Like that will I remember just watching Facebook Live, seeing that and just welling up, like what just thinking that this can be done, right? I think he just, um, it was one of those like four minute mile things where it's like no one can do it. And he just absolutely just crushed it that year. And he could have even gone faster. I mean, I saw him, he looked almost relaxed, too relaxed, honestly. And so in one of the pictures, I'm at the background, so you can see me watching. Um, and Andre is always making fun of that, saying, hey, uh, oh, that's that's where you signed up. So mentally, yes, that, that's where I signed up. Because going back to the whole story with UTMBs, with Siren Trail, realizing that, yes, actually, physically, I can do it, and mentally, also prove uh, myself. And so I finished then that 200-plus uh, kilometer race in summer, about eighth place, quite confident. And that's where I then applied, wrote my essay to Andre, explaining what, what motivates me. And um, luckily, or I'm not sure if it was luck, I was accepted. Andre and uh, had then to uh, to si- uh, join in 2018. I think you you also joined that year, right? Uh, that was your first year, was it? I I did, yeah. The first year year I um uh attempted. Um, sorry, no, I did 2019 and um and 2020. Sorry, I didn't I didn't join in the in the 20 um yeah the 2018. But in that year, you set an incredible pace. Um, it was yourself and um, and the Thai runner as well. I forget his name off the pirate, top of my head. Pirate and also Christian. Pirate Christian was was running as well the first day, but he had to drop out. It was uh, the first attempt. Of course, yeah. He went he went out like the clappers and just I think he went way too fast on the Mac on a hot day, didn't he? But um, but what was fascinating following that year was that I think you both got on the twelve thirty ferry. Um, to Lantau from uh, from no, no, Central the, the, the three AM um, because we we both were oh, yeah. we were pushing for the to twelve he was ahead he was once more than one and a half two hours ahead of me once on on Wilson so I catched yeah. up towards him I re- realized on Wilson when it didn't go as a, as planned and probably that's the question that follows after um, is I realized I need to now go for the three AM which was my backup plan. And he also just missed uh, the, the last ferry, so we both ended up uh, together at the, at the 3am ferry. Yeah, and, and getting on that ferry um, together, going to Lantau, which, I mean, one of my questions was, you know, what's your favourite, and I've asked the other guests and, and athletes, is what their favourite part of the four trails here. Um, I could pretty much answer for you, but I'll let you say anyway. Like what? Uh, certainly, it's it's evident what your favorite trail is. But what what's the, your favorite section of um, and part of the four trails? So the least favorite, maybe to answer that, which is not as, as clear, is, is the. I love the Wilson Trail with the, it's especially on the four trails where it's the second trail. It's the least favorite um, due to the fact that there is some heavy climbing sections, but then also some long flat sections. So I believe favorite is where I got lost uh, on the Wilson Trail um, after Patsin then going towards Cloudy Hill um, and losing there. Yep. About- I've got lost at that same bit one <laughs> year as well. It's when you, you there's actually a sign which shows like to go off to the right, which exactly. is which is the same as the normal Lanta, um, Wilson Trail signs. And you just head all the way down the hill and it goes down and down and down and down for quite a way, right? It was, and I was going down and I realized I shouldn't go down that long. Something is wrong. And I saw still the signs at the side. 
didn't realize that it's the country trail sign but the Winston Trail. And I, that's that moment where you just don't want to believe it. You just feel like, no, it can't be wrong. I, it has to be right because otherwise I'm, I'm really yeah. lost. And only at the very end, I realized my mistake and had to go all the way up again. And that mentally was, was a really tough point. It's demoralizing. Yeah, demoralizing. And I was, yeah. uh, I was third place. Basically, it's not a race, obviously, but uh, in third position, and uh, Christian had to drop any typo, and and, uh, and he was then pirate um, ahead of me. And I felt like, oh, probably five, five ten runners have, runners have passed me because of that stupid mistake, and maybe I don't even make it anymore. Obviously, half an hour or 45 minutes is not that long in a 60-hour uh, race, so <clears throat> no one passed me in that uh, section, and I still had way enough time. But it was that moment because I then also pushed and I struggled and I had uh, some pain where I did realize I need to now plan for basically my backup plan with the um, with the 3M ferry. And now to the favorite section, yeah. obviously, that's where I then hit uh, Lantau because I live in Lantau, so obviously I, I love the, the Lantau trace the most. And um, I, I really love it because of, of nature, but also because I really am familiar with it. And I actually love the... Um, section that is the hardest section almost out of typo uh, sorry tayo uh, not typo tayo um all the climbing sections which is really hard after 200 uh, almost 270 kilometers it goes endless all that climb up and then of course then lanta peak and, and sunset peak but it that's so really out in, in nature there's no people especially during the night it's so you feel so lonely you you are of course, in pain, and uh, you go through almost nightmares because of the hallucinations and so on. But it's also raw. It's really the most, for me, most beautiful place um, in Hong Kong because of almost no people and complete nature. Yeah, it's such a beautiful trail, but it's so difficult. It is really tough. Um, it's I I think it's the that section from um, from Taiyo to Muiwo is the hardest section in the whole of uh, Hong Kong. Hardest thirty k, I would say. Um, it's just a, the the bit before getting to Nongping is just relentless. It's never ending, uh, and then you still got Lantau and Sunset to go. But in that year, you absolutely crushed it, didn't you? So you both set off from we were at the same time actually, um, even, having been a couple of hours behind yeah actually so when we arrived in we were actually because i i didn't even change to that point yet i wanted to take a quick shower i was quite tired um uh, pirate were already changed he, he slept in the car a bit and he immediately headed off so i took another half hour to get fresh and um again it's not a race right i didn't race him but Somehow it was for me good to push me to say, hey, I will catch him then on the catch water, right? And that's basically what, what happened then is that I, I pushed hard because I felt strong on, on Langtau and I passed him then on the catch water, which is also so tough, right? After 250 kilometers going on that catch water. And, uh, yeah, it's like 12 kilometers of flat yeah. after, after, yeah, which is just it's so, so tough pain. on the legs, it's, right? It's really pain. And um, you need to keep running to break 60. You cannot just walk this section. You need to keep running. And that's where I saw him. He was almost broken. Um, I knew, of course, he will finish. Once you're on Lanta, you, you will finish. But um, it was good for me to just keep going. And uh, especially then from Taiwan, I, I felt really 
we were relieved because it feels like the way home. And I knew the trace so so well. I mean, Tayo, that section, there's even a CR from Tayo to the road. I think that I, that I caught, you know, I, because I've done it quite a number of times. And, and Lantau Peak, you probably saw I did the Everest in Lantau Peak for that specific reason that I know I can climb it even after so many kilometers that I still have the strength to do it. Yeah, so this moves nicely on to um, how you've been preparing for this year. So amazing performance back in 2018. I think you finished in 50, um, 55 hours or 50, uh, was it 54 or 55 was, hours? Yeah, just about 56, I believe. And um, it, it would have been, I, I plan to have 55 towards 57. And it would have been 55 if I would have not got lost on Wilson and taken the earlier ferry. So I... I, I take that 55 as kind of what I would have done back then if, 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 if I would have not done mistakes. And for me, that's yeah. two things yeah. to, to now this year as a preparation is A, no mistakes. B, be 10% better in everything you're doing for this time, which means 10% faster, 10% more experienced, 10% uh, stronger, 10% more mental strength and so on. And also 10% more efficient in between the trays and also 10% better nutrition and all these elements. So why 10%? Because 55 hours without the mistakes, um, taking 10% off brings me basically to, to 50 hours below. And what happened due to the pandemic is that I had way more time to, to prepare. Um, and uh, that was basically the probably only positive side of, of such a pandemic. There was no races, I knew of a year to, to lead up to this. So what I did is basically, I of course made sure I had higher volumes, I, and also to make sure I'm getting faster, I did speed training, which I never did the past uh, 15 years. So I really went uh, to the track or to the catch water and doing these sprints, doing this speed training and so on. I did the flat, uh, fast half marathon in summer heat. Uh, I did a lot of different challenges. One was this arresting challenge. Um, and I did it obviously on Lanta Peak, the most iconic peak for me in Hong Kong. Um, and uh, it was in the middle of summer in July, it was super hot and really, really exhaustive. But I was also mentally preparing myself um, for this challenge. Yeah, I actually, I, I'm so sorry, but I actually missed that because I remember that the vertical challenge that you um, that you did with the Asia Trail Girls vertical challenge, I remember that you did like around 36 or 38,000 um, meters in elevation in those 10 days, but it wasn't that week that you actually did Neveresting. It, was, it, it wasn't as part earlier. of that challenge. You did it in a separate, a separate time. Exactly. It was early. It was um, in July was the, the, the Everesting. And then Nikki said, oh, you're nuts uh, doing this challenge. And she then also got excited and she did then the arresting. On, on, um, and then she did Tiger Head. Exactly. So yeah. that's the reason probably why she asked me, do you want to join this ATG vertical challenge? And uh, I felt it's actually also quite a good preparation for something like Fortress. And together with Nikki and Chang and saying, so Nikki and Chang both uh, uh, finishes, it was actually great to do this. And um she, of course, immediately kicked off yeah. the first day doing this uh, this um, Everest thing that, of course, pushed me as well to do as much as I can. And um, again, this was still working 100% during the day. So getting up early at 6 a.m., going up, uh, doing uh, five to 1,000 meters of climb. Then in the evening, after course, sometimes even having course, I have this headset 
where you can uh, still run, right? Um, and uh, then really on calls, people sometimes felt like, oh, how, how, why are you breathing so hard? <laughs> because I was just... I mean, this is it in... In in previous years, we took, you would have been traveling a lot around the region, and you would have been um, going out doing the client dinners. Maybe not the drinking as much anymore, but it would have been you would have been cramming in the training in around like a busy travel schedule, right? So now you've been sort of stuck on Lantau Island for the past uh, for the past year, um, and I've just been following the amount of volume and the amount of elevation you've been doing, and um, and just the meticulous nature of your training you've like very regimented um and uh, and obviously with like with your nutrition plan and everything i know that you're being very um very meticulous with that as well um what have you and if you're willing to share why what have you you set out the goals we had stone on uh, earlier and obviously he sort of set the stool out a few years ago saying breaking 50 is possible um what's the uh what's the goals for for you solomon yeah, so that's a good question, and I'm happy, by the way, that Stone did that, that Stone uh, put that up, uh, because it, it takes also a bit of courage to go out there and say, hey, I want to break uh, 15 hours. Many hide rather their target to avoid that they're exposed. And I love to do it as well. I love to expose myself, so I also am very open about the targets, because that makes it even uh, more concrete for you to work against it because you cannot hide it anymore, right? So when I finished and uh, in 2018, I told Andre, there's nothing for me to, no reason to come back and just finish it again, right? I mean, you've proven it and no one has ever finished twice because everyone who's done it, what's, what's the point to do it once again, to go through all that pain? So. I told Andre the only reason why I would come back is, is kind of this special event with uh, all the different runners joining up again, especially with legends like uh, Stone and uh, Nikki and and Chung and, and, and also Tom. Uh, I really admired when he finished, and many more also. Will I could I could continue to to, to name all of them. It's, it's really great yeah. to to line up with them. But the other element was that if you really go through that pain again and you know you're finished. What else do you have as kind of that really big motivation to go through that once again? And I said, if I just say, I'll do a little bit of a better time, that would probably not get me through that pain. So I needed something stronger than that. And, and uh, Stone put it out there because for me, it was also kind of when I talked to Stone, Tom and all the, the faster finishes, everyone said, oh, breaking 50 seems almost impossible because even when we look at every detail, of what it actually means it if you take away about five hours of transition time with the ferry with the mtr with the um uh, the uh, car rides it's about 45 hours of running self-supported which means that if you do mac and wilson in about 26 13 hours each which is basically a bit more than than, than halfway through um you have basically done a, a bit more than a hundred miler kind of a utmb or in other words, uh, cutting the 300K into 150 or slightly less than 100 miles, it's a 23, 24 hour, 100 mile time that you do twice, right? So doing a 100 miler in 23, 24 hours is tough. Doing it twice, obviously is even tougher, right? So if you, if you just think of that, it's not only the fact that it's mentally hard, it's not the fact that it's just painful, it's the fact it needs to be freaking fast. So you need to really also do speed yeah. training and you do all the other aspects. And that 
fascinated me again to really push once again to go for for all of this because it gave me a new a new goal a new new element to to work on and this time it will be way different for me because it's not about going just through the pain and being able to finish and prove myself that i can do these 300 kilometers this time it's it's proving that it's possible to break an hour like uh, the, the, the 50 hour like um, Kipchoge was basically proving that you can run a, a marathon under under the two hours. It, it, it's something that seems impossible today, but I'm sure someone will prove it's it's possible tomorrow. Well, I think if anyone uh, can do it, I think that yourself, Stone, and Tom are all um, in with a very good chance of uh, of just showing and inspiring people that like that these challenges can be overcome and I, I can't wait to follow um what who's your uh, support crew is your long-suffering wife going to be uh going to be along or is she going to be splitting responsibilities with um with other people yeah definitely my wife so first quick comment on what you said with inspiring i hope uh, me and, and the other runners can inspire others because that I, I saw many now in my company as well coming back to me and saying hey uh, we didn't know that you were doing this and so on. We, we really see this as, as kind of an inspiration and that's what it's all about. So it's it's also to inspire with, with what we do. So I really like to hear that. And um, likewise, of course, my wife supporting me on this journey, it, it also describes my life um, fully because she always supported me in any, anything I've done. She also came to Asia, she supported me with the business and she supports me now also. Um, on this challenge and uh, that's very important to me if she needs support I support her if I need support she supports me and it would be very different to just see a friend or a family member rather than really Manu uh, at, at these ultimate kind of checkpoints in between the trades so she needs to be there I need her um, for that mental support and also she knows me best she knows exactly what I need um, we changed the drivers, so I have um, a different driver at the beginning and then on the Hong Kong trail because someone knows the Hong Kong side better and the, the other person knows the Wilson side uh, better, but um, uh, the support is really, really mono and I'm, I'm very happy that she's doing it again because she last time also said uh, never again, it was uh, quite a painful experience also for her because she also had sleepless night basically to support. Yeah, I've seen her there at the finish line the last couple of years in, in Mui Wo and she definitely gets fully involved in the in the event and I'm sure she's excited about it as as you. Um Solomon, it's um a pleasure chatting to you. Thanks for sharing some of your backstory and your and your plans and goals for this coming weekend. We will be following intently, and I think much of the ultra community across Asia and the world will be as well. Um, we'll be dot watching uh, over the over the, the entire weekend, and and wishing you the best. And uh, um, and yeah, I, I I'm hoping for a kind that kind of inspirational performance that is going to like uh, that that legends are made of um, that happens over this weekend. So best of luck um thank you so much uh, scott uh, hopefully you also manage to come back to hong kong of course one day it would be great to see you 
here again and maybe also having a, another go at the uh, chase hopefully w w one one day um but uh but yeah I, as i say like watching tom that first year uh was one of the most inspirational things i've seen and is is meant i i think i've been obsessed with this challenge since since then and um and yeah seeing you tom stone or whoever is um uh, uh like pushing it to the next level i think will um will just capture even more people's uh, uh imagination and uh, and inspiration so um awesome great to catch up solomon thanks very much see you soon bye tell the truthful story if they ever ask stop the complaining because things ain't that bad well that concludes the preview episode for the hong kong four trails ultra challenge 10th edition uh, three phenomenal athletes there um i mean chatting to them either side of the recording it was just so interesting hearing further insight i mean things like sarah said that she did a McElhose training in I think 14 and a half hours um, in unbelievable shape and uh, and yeah we can't wait to see how they all perform and wish luck to them and and all of the other athletes that are um, that are starting this uh, this Chinese New Year um, we look forward to following uh, enjoy tell the truthful story if they ever ask stop the complaining because things ain't that bad